Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hello and welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm Aubrey Sampson. And I'm Davey Blackburn. And today we have such a wonderful interview. Yeah, Um, we do. You know, normally, Aubrey, uh, you know this, but our listeners don't. Normally we have notes that we kind of like track along with a little bit, you know, just to kind of give us some, as our producer calls it, buoys to swim to, topics Mm -hmm. that we want to kind of bring up Mm -hmm. in this intro and outro. Right now in my notes for this particular moment... (laughs) Where we would normally read or recite a bio of our guest, it says no bio, right. no bio. No that's bio. What, that's all it says right there. Uh, that's what our Hilarious. producer put in because our producer is actually our guest <laughs> for today. We are interviewing is Taylor Carly. Amazing. Yeah, Taylor Carly. She actually does have a bio. It, She's a podcast she has, producer. Yes, she has her master's, she has her master's in evangelism and leadership. That's right. She's an all-around friend. She's just an awesome person. An awesome person. She's a social media and advertising exec. She is a she's an expert in that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, she's killer. Yeah. And she's brought so much richness to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Most of it yeah, behind the scenes, true. most of it you would never know except for now we're bringing her to the forefront for you to hear some of her story. And the reason we wanted to do this is we've journeyed with Taylor for a little bit. You know, not necessarily yeah. the entirety of her story by any means, but we've definitely journeyed with her through a lot of her healing and mm-hmm. we're having conversations off air, of course. And then, you know, moments where we're sitting around a dinner table or we're playing settlers of Catan or something like that, you know, <laughs> typically it's settlers of Catan that all of our trauma kind of comes up, you know, and some sideways, <laughs> reasonable, reasonable. Methods. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah, you know, and, and we were just like, you need to share your story on the podcast yeah. because it's yeah. going to be so helpful to so many who are not just the people who are sitting in the same seat that you are sitting in, so to speak, but so many people who are walking through this kind of a, um, this kind of a pain point. And so I'm really, um, and I'm just really anticipating what God's going to do through this conversation. As you guys listen to this, super excited. about. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is going to be a really, really good one. And be sure to stick around afterwards. We're going to unpack some of what Taylor had to say, and just to give you a little bit of a hint, she is going to talk about some really painful family dynamics and and family betrayal, um, but how the Lord showed up in powerful ways. So you are certainly going to want to stick around as we comment on that afterwards. Yeah, and I'll say this, Aubrey, as we're approaching the holidays, this is a really appropriate time for this kind so of conversation yes. to be, because yeah. no doubt many of you are about to walk into settings where you've got some some painful. Mm even dysfunctional family dynamics. And so, So you know, hopefully this is going to breathe life over you, encouragement and healing over you as you're about to step into those situations. Also, we just wanted to say that Taylor uh, loves her family. She's so respectful. She got permission from her mom and dad to share this story. And that feels really important to say because we don't want to be a ministry that's just about venting about people who have heard us. She she got permission to use this for this specific purpose. And so in that way, she's really honoring her mom and dad through this. And I think that's part of the beauty of what Taylor's going to reveal to us here in a little bit. Yeah. We also want to invite you to um, review and rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts so that more stories like Taylor's can... uh, you know, great, be raised up in that algorithm and be shared with the world, not yeah. for the sake of nothing is wasted, but for the sake of more healing 
and more of God's wholeness right. uh, moving throughout the world. That's right. Uh, stick around afterwards. We're going to have a little conversation, Aubrey and I, about our reflections on our conversation mm-hmm. with Taylor and just on our friend. Taylor Carlier and what we're Our seeing God. With no bio. What we're seeing God do in her life. So we want to invite you to go ahead and listen to this conversation that Aubrey and I both had with Taylor. Taylor, Aubrey and I are so excited to be able to have you this joining us with this conversation. Oh my goodness. Um, this will be fun, the three of us being able to talk about this. Yeah, I am so excited and terrified at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, we've known each other for years, Yeah. right? And and over the course of us knowing each other, there have been little, you know, bits and pieces of your story, but mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever sat down and just walked through the whole thing together, yeah. you and I. And so, um, which I I feel a little bit disadvantaged. You, and you know, as our <laughs> producer, normally that's the case when we're interviewing people. I intentionally <laughs> don't want to hear someone's story yeah. beforehand. In this case, I'm going like, oh no, I want, I kind of wish that I had. But at the same time, I think this is going to be a really sacred yeah. moment. Yeah, I think so too. Because, you know, one of the reasons that God called you to come in, and work alongside of us in this mm-hmm. is because of your own pain story yeah, mm. and your journey. And so, you know, I just want to highlight that, that now as we're sitting down to have this conversation as you're going to bless our listeners and encourage yeah. our listeners and fill them with hope, you know, this is really kind of, I mean, the impetus behind why you are so, uh, your heart is so tied to nothing as wasted ministries because yeah. you've seen that play out in your own life. A hundred percent. And that's really, I mean, I'll definitely get into that as a part mm-hmm. of my story, but you know, I am here today and a part of this podcast because of the story that I'm going to share. And, mm. and because in some of my pain, which I can talk about in my story, I went to resonate church and, right. and stayed right. there because of your pain mm-hmm. and because you were talking about pain from the stage in some of my darkest seasons. Yeah. And so mm. the way that God has been so gracious and kind to get me from that place to this place mm. and to use my pain for purpose in the middle of my pain. I mean, wow. I was still working through my pain when he was using it for yeah. a purpose um, wow. is really has been incredible. And I am honored and privileged that I'm even able to talk on this podcast mm. and that all of the amazing people that have come on this podcast before me that we get to listen to all the time, that their courage goes before me because I've gotten the privilege to sit mm. in on so h- hundreds of interviews mm-hmm. now yeah. mm-hmm. um, wow. and, and really have seen how God can use this podcast for good and for the healing of so many. And so I pray that um, the little bit of time that I have today with you and Aubrey, that um, that could be something for our listeners as well. Yeah. Well, I know it's going to be mm. special. I'd love yeah, first for awesome. our listeners. I mean, they're familiar with you. I know that. but From the Singleness series. That's true. From the Singleness series. <laughs> you are our guest co-host. My debut in <laughs> the Singleness <laughs> series right. of all things. Right. But, you know, they don't, I mean, we don't, we've really not had a chance to really kind of formally introduce you other than yeah. on social media and stuff like that, but never really on the podcast and kind of tell all the things that you're involved in and what you do, not just with us, but just in life. So mm-hmm. why don't you introduce yourself as we do okay. with all of our listeners tell us you know who you are tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now in life and uh, then we'll go back and start talking about your story 
Okay, cool. Well, I'm Taylor, and I am living in Indianapolis, Indiana, <laughs> um, about 30 minutes away from Davie, so not too close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I work full-time as a social media marketer slash creative producer for an agency here in Indianapolis. I've been there almost six years, so it's been a while. And I... I'm also in grad school at Wheaton College <laughs> with Aubrey Sampson. That's I know right. her. I know so her. And we are studying um, a master's in evangelism and leadership with the Propel cohort at mm. Wheaton. And we graduate, well, we officially walk in May of 2022. So mm. final We're exam. almost done. Final exam coming <laughs> up and we are ready to wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> this is beyond senioritis, yeah. right? This yeah. is yeah. like, <laughs> what do we call that? I'm also the podcast producer for right. Nothing Is Wasted Ministry. That's right. <laughs> Never heard of it. What's yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. And well, I've been doing that for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. I mean, you brought so much uh, fresh creative energy to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, and most notably, I mean, there's so many things that you've done to really just breathe life into this ministry as a whole. But most notably, uh, what our listeners will be familiar with is you were the first one to say, hey, we should do series. And yeah. one of yeah. the things that you, one of the, the series that you brought forward was this series, Sexual Betrayal, yeah. which ended up becoming... <laughs> the, you know, like number one listen series of all of our series still is. And it's still the most listened to, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. It's Which amazing. tells us it's a very prevalent topic that people are dealing with, but the church isn't often talking about it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. people want to hear, they want some solidarity and knowing like other people are dealing with this. There's a reason though, that you, this was something that was uh, really, really close to your heart was helping people on this topic it has to do with your story. Yeah. And so I'd love for you to just kind of jump back in time and begin to story with us what, what went on in your life that made this something that was so near and dear to your heart. Yeah, for sure. And that producing that series in particular was such a healing part for me as well mm. that I was able to put that out there and that a couple of the guests on there were people that helped me in my own journey, yeah. um, specifically That's Michael right. and Kristen Carey. So big shout out to them and they will be a part of the story that you hear as well. Yeah. Um, but I really feel like even before I kind of get into the story that um, I wanted to come and share this on the podcast. Um, when I was praying about it this week, I felt like God was really telling me every time I share my story and I've done it in different places, um, it's it feels like a new chain is being broken off mm. in some way, mm. a new thing. And I felt like that today um, that this time is breaking um, kind of putting a nail and the a final nail in the coffin of the uh, generational curse of addiction in my family. Wow. Yeah. Mm. I really feel like publicly sharing this mm. is is going to. I'm praying we'll be breaking chains and putting that final nail in the coffin. Um, addiction runs in my family on all sides. Um, many varying addictions from sex addiction to gambling to substance abuse. Um, the list goes on, and so I really pray today that. Um, that that's a part of what this podcast yeah. accomplishes is breaking Amen. some generational curses. So wow. just kind of wanted to start with yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. Um, but I would say um, it kind of starts, I mean, like a lot of people's stories start in childhood. And um, my parents, I've always been really close with both my parents because I am the youngest of four children. But my three oldest siblings were for my mom's first marriage. And so I am my dad's only sibling, if that mm. makes sense. That's yep. usually like mm -hmm. hard for people to yeah. understand. But my parents are currently married and I'm my dad's only child. 
and then I'm also the youngest of four, so I have a you know young youngest child privileges as well. <laughs> Only child, youngest Only child, and, and youngest. Wow, <laughs> it's quite the combination for therapy. Um, and so I was incredibly close with both of my parents, um, and I would say with my dad specifically, I felt close with him in a different way because my dad is me. Mm. Like we hmm. are so much of the same person that. Um, I always just felt a unique draw to him because mm -hmm. we had the same sense of humor and the same way we approach situations and, um, and even the same anger patterns and the same, so I could see myself in him in the good and the bad ways growing up. And that was always really apparent to me, but I would say that I wasn't delusional about the fact that my childhood years were not perfect um, I was aware of that. Um, there was a lot of anger in my house, a lot of walking on eggshells. Like my dad is a really charismatic guy. And so some days he would be fun dad or some mm. moments he would be fun dad. And then, and then I would knock a glass of milk off the counter and it wasn't so fun anymore. Yeah. Hmm. Um, or, you know, my mom would say something that my dad didn't like and he would take his anger out on her. And it was never mm. physical abuse, but it was a lot of emotional and verbal abuse. And hmm. a lot of times I played the protector for my mom in those situations mm. because I was so much like my dad. I would go toe to toe with him right. even as a child. And so... Wow. Um, that was always, I took on finding out later, I took on different um, roles in my family, like um, a parental role at some points and even a spousal role for both of my parents um, oh. hmm. just by doing things like that. And yeah. so kind of a mediator hmm. in some ways. Yeah. Um, and, and because I was so close with them, you know, it would just, I felt like I was, I would get in between their marriage at, at some points. Mm. Wow. Um, and, wow. and in some ways I, I, I grew up too fast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and so I would say that my dad though is, was always present. He was always a present dad he coached all my sports. We, wow. you know, he was constantly there. Like I was, there was never a question that like my dad didn't love me. Like I always knew he loved me and he was always present. Um, but there was a lot of harder times in my growing up years. What I thought when I was younger is that those times, like his anger was because of financial reasons. Mm. I thought that our family didn't have enough money and that was true. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, and I thought that that's why he was upset. And I didn't find out until later that it was, there was a lot more happening under the surface, including a sex addiction wow. and sexual betrayal. Wow. And so when I was about 16, um, what we call in the sexual betrayal circles um, is discovery day. I was mm. on our family's home computer computer when that was still a thing. And, um, I don't know why I was surfing through history or something and a dating website came up. Mm. Um, and basically my dad had been, well, I assumed it was my dad right, right. had, um, been on a dating website and because at this point your siblings were out of the house, right? They're so much older. Correct. Yeah. So my siblings are way older than me. Yeah. So I grew up from the age of six on by myself. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of weird and confusing. And so I immediately mm. went to my mom about it and just was like, I don't know why mm. this is on the computer. I don't yeah. know who this would be. Like, why would dad be on a dating website? Right. And I had no indication prior to this that like there was anything beyond like, you know, my parents being married and yeah. that relationship being solid in that way mm. at least. And so I immediately, because of 
who I am and um, I am an eight on the Enneagram. <laughs> I immediately... The challenger for yeah. listeners who don't know. Yeah. I went into anger mode. And so I immediately said to my mom, like, you lock the door, change the locks, throw his stuff out on the front lawn. Like, like, you know, I took it to the extreme immediately and just was like, you need to talk to him about this. Like telling my mom as a 16 year old, like how she needed to handle her marriage, essentially. Wow. And, um, mm. and you know, a couple of weeks later, the situation just didn't matter anymore to them, or at least mm. to my mom. When she took it to my dad, he kind of explained it away. And um, I was left still furious and no yeah. resolution. And there was just something else like swept under the rug in my family. Yeah. But this time mm. it was bigger than all the other times before mm. in my mind. And so that was confusing to me because I assumed from watching all the movies that if there was any sort of cheating or hint of cheating, that yeah. that was calls for divorce. Right. right. Um, but that is not what happened. Yeah. And so from 16 to 18, my anger grew to the point where I just essentially didn't talk to my dad for two years. Mm. Wow, Taylor. And so I, that was my way of self-protecting. I, you know, went to friends' houses. I did my own thing, um, stayed out of the house as much, much, as much as possible. I was actually looking at prom photos recently and realized my dad wasn't at any of those things. Mm. Wow. Like at that point. And that was really hurt. Like, it was painful to me for me to ice him out because I loved him so much, right, right. but I didn't mm. like, I didn't know what else to do with my pain at the time. Yeah. Mm. And so, um, fast forward, I go to college and I was really worried about going to college mainly because I knew my dad still had anger issues and I didn't want to leave my mom alone with him when I felt like I was her protector. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but I didn't know that, you know, I kind of just ignored the rest of the stuff. I'm like, well, if they're going to ignore it, I'm going to ignore it. I don't know what's happening. You know, maybe that was a weird fluke. Yeah. So I kind of spent about three and a half years ignoring the situation at college. And yeah. um, when I came home, my dad had gotten like kind of gotten help, I guess, and maybe gotten some anger management help. I think mm. he might have gone to a little bit of counseling and um, you know, there was a lot of things from my mom saying like, oh, he's just so much different now. He's better. And I was like, I don't really think he is like, yeah. like he still has, you know, crazy anger outbursts, um, maybe just mm. not as frequently, but mm. they're still horrific. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I kind of just, um, the grace of God told me that I, needed to find a counselor myself. I yeah. just felt when I was coming out of college that I, I didn't even know why, cause I didn't know the deeper underlying issues in my family, but I was right. like, I just need to get some help. Like I need to start talking to somebody and start piecing out. Like I, I was just even thinking like the basic childhood wounds I had already right. had. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, and were, wow. were you seeing that come out sideways at all? Is that what maybe tipped you off to Wow, maybe I should get some help with this. Like in yeah, your that's own what spirit, I was wondering. You know, because like mm -hmm. I mean, you expressed that there was a lot of anger there, mm -hmm. and in a second, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you a little bit to go deeper <laughs> and and share with us some of the underlying yeah. emotions that were there that maybe you didn't have language for then, but you you have language for now, right? But what was happening at that point that made you go, I just need to go, I need to go get a counselor, I need to get help with this. You mm -hmm. know, how, how was that surfacing? Honestly. Honestly, it was the Holy Spirit. Mm. And mm. that's something that I I firmly believe in in all of my healing that Holy Spirit has led me step by step. 
Yeah. And mm. that's the graciousness that wow. he has is that I I knew the next right thing to do because he was telling me the next right thing yeah. to do. Not because I had a roadmap, not because yeah. anybody else in my family had gotten help before. Right. Not because, I mean, I, I'd never heard the word counselor in my house, mm. really. And so... I felt in college, I remember specifically being at this retreat um, for my church and having like some kind of quiet time or whatever. And I was journaling and I was like, I'm, I need a counselor. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I need a counselor and it has to do with my dad. That's literally all I knew. Wow. wow. Merry Christmas season, friends. We're celebrating early this year at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries by offering 20% off all products from December 16th to December 27th. So if you've been feeling like you wanted to begin your healing journey with the Pain to Purpose course, or you've been wanting to buy the Pain to Purpose devotional for a friend in need, or if you're wanting to take your healing to another level by hiring a Pain to Purpose certified guide, all of these items and more will be 20% off for these 12 days only. This is our version of the 12 days of giving during the Christmas season. Our gift to our Nothing is Wasted listeners, supporters, and fellow Pain to Purpose journeymen and journeywomen. You guys are the reason why Nothing is Wasted Ministries exists. We believe that these products are all great gifts for people who are suffering, so we are trying to help get more of them into the hands of people who need them this holiday season. Give the gift of purpose for 20% off for 12 days only from December 16th to December 27th, only at nothingiswasted.com. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. So give, it, give me a context. How many years ago was this that mm -hmm. you were at this retreat in college? Um, well, probably about eight years ago. Okay. So okay. still like counseling was relatively, you know, I would, I would reach back to about eight, you know, eight to 10 years ago. It still was not this like hugely mm -hmm. common thing. Yeah. You know, right now it still had a stigma around yes, it for exactly. sure. Yeah. Um, it, it was kind of talked about at the church I was at, at Purdue a okay. little bit, but it was not, I would say like encouraged or like, pushed or yeah. whatever i just was like i need somebody to talk to right. yeah right. essentially yeah. so basically um i kind of put that off initially but i got involved in a church here in indy and god started just getting a hold of me and i could just tell that he was preparing me for something um and you know i was discipled a little bit at that church and god just started holy spirit just started showing up and and um and telling me things kind of as, as we went. And in 2016, um, I started getting text message and emails, um, on an almost daily basis from somebody who claimed to be my dad's mistress. Oh gosh. Oh, Taylor. oh my gosh. And so that was pretty weird. <laughs> out of the, out of the blue. Yeah. Right. And you didn't know this person, right? No. Oh, man. So I was and getting, you were so you were a college student still or you were this out, was after this college is, yeah okay so you're early twenties mm -hmm. and this is happening yeah unbelievable so a couple years out of college about two years out of college and I'm starting to get yeah all these text messages and emails from um, somebody claiming to be my dad's mistress and she was saying things about how they my family was fake my dad 
you know, who he presented himself wasn't the truth and, mm. and who my mom was, wasn't the truth. And just saying things to me that I Goodness. didn't even know about my own family. Um, and that went on for off and on for almost a year. Wow, Taylor. And I found out she was also contacting my mom and my parents and, and I just was <laughs> furious. And so at that point, I was going to my parents and I was saying, what's happening? What's going on? Yeah. Who yeah. is this woman? Why am I getting these messages? And I was kind of pushed to the side again. And mm. it was like, mm. I'm, I'm constantly, I felt like I was constantly involved in my parents' marriage, but also not involved yeah, enough. Not like I, yeah. I knew enough right. to be upset right but not enough to i wasn't involved enough to like really change anything about yeah. the situation yeah right. Right. yeah man i i mean i can i can only imagine the feelings of you know your entire sense of what was reality just being dismantled mm -hmm. you know what you thought like your family structure was what you thought your childhood was I mean, what kinds of other th thoughts begin to creep into your head and your heart during this time, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, what, what was the, what was that general feeling of, I know, you, I know confusion obviously, but yeah. what else did you begin to feel in those moments? Well, initially during this time, I kind of just was like, I didn't know what that meant. Like, I didn't know, like, was this woman lying? Was this woman, you know, mm. my dad's actual mistress? Gotcha. Was it somebody he met one time and he, she was trying to blackmail him? Yeah. Like, yeah. like we were getting told, fed a little bit of lies about the situation. And so I wasn't quite sure what to believe. And the only way I knew how to cope with pain at the time was to ignore it. Mm. So mm. you were kind of like, I either need to get to the bottom of this, right? Yeah. I'm not going to make any kind of judgment or whatever i'm gonna get to the bottom of this or yeah. i'm just gonna avoid it or i'm gonna avoid it which yeah. at the time is literally that's the only I thing i knew how to do yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. My, that was my initial reaction and it was a lot of i mean there was pain and turmoil and all of that but i just i didn't know what else to do like i wasn't getting answers and i just felt like i didn't know how else to like cope or live if like nobody was gonna tell me what was happening yeah 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 wow and so Fast forward to 2017, okay, so, so about a year, about a year later. later. Mm -hmm. okay. And at that point I, um, in my life, I felt this need to do something more for God and to learn about him in a new way. So that's when I enrolled in grad school. Okay. And I had been serving in my church and, and being discipled and leading all these small groups and doing all these things that were awesome. But I felt like God was calling me to like a, another level. Mm -hmm. And so that summer I went to my first class. So when I met Aubrey. <laughs> Good <laughs> and, times. Um, we spent about, I think it was like about a week, right? <clears throat> at mm -hmm. that first class. And I could tell something was going on at home during that mm. class. Like I was getting some calls from my mom. We had a few like weird come to Jesus moments about my dad when she was crying about things. Um, but I just didn't really know what was going on because yeah. there'd all, like I said, there'd always been enough turmoil in my life. I didn't like think anything different of this time. Right. Yeah. And then the day I get home from my first grad school class, my mom sat me down and she said, your dad has been um, sexually betraying me for the entirety of our marriage and we're getting a divorce. Oh, goodness. Mm. Taylor. Wow. And <sighs> so... I didn't know what to do, but in yeah. that moment, to answer your previous question, I immediately thought my entire childhood was a lie. 
Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that was my first reaction was that mm. like nothing, all of those times, all mm -hmm. of the times my dad coached basketball teams, my basketball team or, or we did something fun or we had a nice family time. Yeah. Like I, I was like, what else was he doing? Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, it all kind of became a lie in an instant. Wow, Taylor. Gosh. Yeah, I can't. So I, I have to ahead. give a little bit of context here, too, because our first class together was a class on kingdom and shalom. And so mm. we are spending a really with a very charismatic, powerful professor. So here we are for a week really learning about wholeness and victory and God's power and that class itself felt like spiritual renewal. And so Taylor, I, the fact that you left that right. to go into what you went into, right. I just can't imagine how difficult that was. It was a weird juxtaposition yeah. for sure. But it also, yeah. again, it felt like the grace of God. Like, like mm. I don't know why, like why would he have timed it like that? Yeah. Other than yeah. to like set, like I think the theme of, of my life and, and my pain specifically has been this juxtaposition, this weaving together of pain and purpose yeah. of like putting me in places, teaching me things about God and about his kingdom that I didn't know before while simultaneously going through some of the most traumatic events of my life. Wow. wow Taylor. That's such an interesting thing that you're noting. I, I feel like I just kind of, it kind of occurred to me that this happens so often where the the timing seems to be like, wait, yeah. this is wait what? Yeah. yeah. To where you could almost attribute it to one of two things, which I think is actually probably you could attribute it to both things simultaneously. But one of those things being, this is a spiritual attack. The enemy is right. trying to right. thwart this new thing that is happening in my spirit right now and mm -hmm. my soul as I'm learning about kingdom and shalom as I'm starting to step into this new, like fresh restorative rhythm of life right? Now the enemy is going to kind of bring this up to try to squelch all of that, mm -hmm. right? And yet at the same time, you just sat here and described it as the grace of God. Right. Your right. perspective was, oh no, actually that this was like an invitation. Yeah. That, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I just think that like <clears throat> without that, like if I did not have, if I did not have grad school that yeah. time yeah. and all, and, and it, grad school kind of helped me a bunch of times after that during the healing process. Like I would have felt hopeless. Yeah, like right. I would have yeah. felt like not only is my personal life and my family life like in shambles, but I don't mm. have anything to hold on to either. Yeah, right. <sighs> like outside of that, I have nothing wow. bigger than myself. Like that's honestly how I would have felt. And right. like in that moment, if I didn't have that. So you wow. see it as, you know, God, God and his foreknowledge is knowing this is going to get exposed and revealed. Mm. Right. And so he just, he, he providentially weaves you into this space where amazing you're prepared for that. You're, mm -hmm. you're, you're anchored a little bit more mm -hmm. so that you're not just tossed to and fro by the, by the waves mm -hmm. of this crisis. And I, I think at the same time, I see it as, um, you know, we all get confronted by our trauma, whether it's, something that we, we have no control over or not. Right. And, and it can cause us to want to like avoid or escape or if we see it properly, right. If we see it as like what you're saying, the grace of God as an invitation or as a preemptive you know, preparation season, then it causes us to kind of dive deeper into healing that maybe we didn't even realize that we needed, mm -hmm. you know, 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, I mean, God was pursuing me. Like right. he had been for yeah. years. And I mean, I can track it back. I can track it back really into like when I was like six, like, yeah. and there was a prophecy spoken over me as a little girl, like about my future and about God's hand in my life mm. and how I would be a part of healing others. Wow. Mm. And so I can, I mean, I can see, and I can name a thousands mm. of other countless times that God showed up and told me those things, but I was running from it for a long time and I didn't know how to step into it. Like I, yeah. because I had no, I had no prototype to follow. Like I didn't, yeah. I had never seen it before in my life or in my family. And granted my mom, <laughs> mm. we have to, we probably have to eventually explain like who my mom is. <laughs> in this scenario. She's amazing. Right? <laughs> so my mom is my best friend mm. and she is an incredible woman of God yeah. who um, is a spiritual powerhouse and has an anointing on her life. And mm. without her, I, I wouldn't know where I would be spiritually. I mean, right. she's mentor mentored me and discipled me and built me into the woman I am today as far as my relationship with God goes. And so, um, so to have her as an anchor in all of this has always been incredible, but the journey that I'm on in my life and what God has been doing for me was not hers. Mm. And Mm. so it's still a new path that, that I feel like God's been forging in me that I couldn't follow my mom. Like my mom took me to a certain point right? right. Yeah, and then I had to divert, like I had to like diverge off. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, maybe there's nothing here, but I wonder, you know, as you kind of observe how your, how your mom walked in, you know, in retrospect how your mom walked in all of this, to what extent that became very pivotal in, in you um, being as grounded in the Lord as you are right now. Right. Like you could have gone off the rails when you discovered all this stuff, Mm -hmm. but like, how instrumental was she in helping to tether you to the Lord as well? Mm-hmm. Even in times of, you know, her help helping in your development, your mentoring, your, all that kind of stuff early on, you know, kind of that concept of like her ceiling becomes your floor mm-hmm. in some ways. Can you identify anything like that? I mean, any thoughts come to mind? Well, the funny part is, is the, the day that my mom sat me down and told me, that they were getting a divorce and about my dad's addiction and sexual betrayal. I was mad at her. Mm. Sure. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I had been mad at my mom since I was 16 when I, when the first first time I found out she didn't do anything about it. Right. Yeah. And so even though I deeply love my mom and she has been a mentor in my life and, and she knows this, we've had these conversations. I had to go through some deep healing with her is just as much as my dad, yeah. if, if not more in some ways, because I blamed her for enabling the situation yeah, right. and for mm. sticking around. And But my mom taught me some beautiful things from it too that I didn't have the maturity to see yet. Mm. And that was her resiliency and her willingness to listen to Holy Spirit and yeah. to stay in a marriage of yeah. betrayal for the good yeah. of my dad. <clears throat> right. Wow. And wow. not herself. You know, as you're, as you're saying this, I think for some reason, what pops into my mind is Naomi because in the story of Ruth and Naomi, right? Naomi experiences all this heartache and she ends up coming back, changing her name. Naomi means sweet. She changes it to bitter. Mm -hmm. 
and she she kind of becomes like kind of neutralized in the story then right it seems like she just kind of this neutral fixture there's there's not this like she's not orpa she, she wasn't ruth either though right. she wasn't able to produce anything out of it and yet what she did was she helped to position ruth to experience the redemption that ruth experienced yeah she was the one encouraging ruth she was the one that you know and her just by her like kind of walking in the spirit that she walked in, Ruth was able to experience this incredible story. Mm-hmm. And there, of course it's not a one-to-one comparison, but that's just what came to my mind as mm-hmm. we're talking about your mom and you and this kind of interesting yeah. journey that you guys have been on together. Yeah. And, and it is similar in a way as well, because I, I was so angry at her because I wanted more for her. Right. Just kind of like Ruth wanted more for Naomi. (laughs) Right. Right. And and so I wanted more for her, but not just even in her marriage and ministry, because um, in some ways I felt like my dad had held her back from everything that she could have been doing as Mm. well. Mm. in ministry. Now, granted my mom still was resilient and she did her thing and, 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 you know, would, she was always ministering to so many women and yeah. doing church things. And, and well, she's a prayer warrior. And she's a prayer warrior. I mean, war- I mean geez. the, the, yeah, the foundations nothing, that yeah. she shook with her prayers or yeah. that she does shake with her prayers. It's like, I don't think there's any comparison in the natural world, you yeah. know? Yeah. But, so, wow. so there's so much, I mean, I, I can't now say that like she missed out on things, but I felt like that. At the yeah, time. exactly. That's yeah. your, that's your feeling. That, that, that yeah. I was like, I was like, she could do so much more. Like, yeah. I know that, yeah. you know, it just, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So what, you know, kind of what you're saying is in the season, you were feeling this like resentment or frustration, mm-hmm. like anger toward her. Now you can kind of look back on it and appreciate mm-hmm. some of the same things that you were feeling really frustrated with her about. Yeah. Okay. And the only way I got there is because of the healing journey that I right. Right. began to go on after that day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the first thing I did was change churches. Okay. And I started going to Resonate Church. Yeah. And um, I felt the need to do that because I had felt that I had hit a ceiling at the church I was previously and that I needed to start over in a place that I could be under, be discipled by somebody that had gone through pain and talked about it openly. Mm. Hmm. And that was you. Yeah. Wow. And I love how both you and Aubrey weave in and out of my story. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this is really special. It's yeah. so cool. <laughs> so I found a lot of healing um, sitting under your teaching for a couple months initially mm. and just kind of and not serving because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had been really involved yeah. in my previous church. So just being fed. And I then found, uh, well, my mom I've been going to um, this group called Women in the Battle mm. that is hosted by Kristen Carey. Mm. All right, hold on, because I know we're going to end up going. Yeah. Can you, can you, that really struck me for a second. You needed a season for a few months where you weren't serving and yeah. you were just getting fed. Yeah. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Because I think sometimes, I mean, I don't know how many pastors are listening to this, but I think <laughs> I've been guilty of being like, well, people aren't. They're not. They're not walking in their full the fullness of who <laughs> God. They're not if really they're church, not yeah, serving. Totally. They're not. You know. And we have this uh-huh. like black and white mentality. But what one of the things I learned 
in that that same season you're talking about is there are a lot of people that were coming to resonate same story as mm. you they were just looking for a place to heal for a little bit mm. yeah i at the time i thought that serving was my only ministry and so i found a lot of identity in it and i felt like I was so broken and confused that I was like, I don't even know what would come out of my mouth if I let another small group right mm. now, or mm. if I, if I let another team of volunteers, like I just felt like almost that I would be vol volatile yeah. to others. And so it, I needed to step away. And honestly, I should have stepped away longer than I did. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. still felt so pressured by my own need to do and my own mm. need to like feeling like I, I still feel this now sometimes because I'm not serving in a church right now mm -hmm. um, that I was not like a full functioning member of the body of Christ because I wasn't serving at the time when, yeah. when really I needed to be served yeah. at the time. And so yeah. I took a couple yeah. months off and then I immediately jumped well, into high school ministry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, but you know, as I look back on the culture of our church that we had set, we were in that culture where it was yeah. like, we consistently pressed people like, Hey, you yeah. need to get involved. You need to serve. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's not a bad thing in and of itself. However, yeah. I don't remember us ever and me personally ever saying things like, Hey, if you just need a space to like right. heal mm -hmm. and take a breath, this is a safe place, safe space for you. And then you can take a step whenever you're ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't remember ever putting the pulling the pressure off of that gas pedal at all. Yeah. And so it's just you it's interesting to me mm -hmm. now in the seat that I sit as I as I go around to other churches and I experience mm. different cultures and also experience that the church struggles to make a place and and create a space where it's safe to just start unpacking your pain. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. We yeah. start busying ourselves again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Okay. I mean, but again, fall. I go back to follow Holy Spirit. Like, yeah. like some people, they need serving in the way of like, they need to outwork their pain. Some like, yeah, you yeah. Know what yeah. I'm it's an expression that they it's. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so, it's, and it's, so it's similar to, I, yeah. I don't want to reduce it, but it's similar to like, if you're feeling stressed and you need to go for a run mm -hmm. and work out, you mm -hmm. need to expend yeah. that energy in a, in a productive way. Or you need to distract way. yourself in a way that's yes. healthy. Right, right. Yeah. And so and so, it really is person by person. And I don't think that there's a, a prescription. I just knew at the time for me that I was like, I will, like, I can't be the leader that I need to be in a spiritual sense in my current state. Yeah. Like yeah. I almost was doing it more for the protection of others than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Very mature of you, Taylor. Um, and like awesome. I said, I should have waited longer, but yeah. it's fine. <laughs> it, it is what it is now. So Okay, so then you go to Women in the Battle. Yeah, so my mom started going to Women in the Battle. I I don't She might have been there like almost a year prior to this. Okay. So I wow. did find out later that my parents had been working on things prior to me finding out about them, but they were being pretty secret about it. Okay. Because I, mm. I think they didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and she said, hey, they want to start a daughter's group for mm. women in the battle, daughters of sexual betrayal. Do you want to go? And I was like, who's going to be there? <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. Like, I think they range in age from like 16 to like 20 something. And I'm like, I think wow. at the time I'm like, what's 2017? I can't do math that fast. I'm 29 <laughs> now. I don't know. I was like 25. You're 25. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I was like, Oh, I'm going to be in a group with some 16 year olds. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Like, 
But I went um, because I really didn't feel like I had another option. I didn't know where else to go. Mm-hmm. And um, that began a healing journey where I was in the daughter's group and helped lead the daughter's group and daughter's retreats for um, from December of 2017 until this summer. Mm. Wow. Wow. And that was a big part of my healing journey right. was was being in that community and being, right. um, you know, normalizing the fact that, and this is something I'd like to say to listeners too, people talk a lot about sexual betrayal as it pertains to partners, yeah. but not as it pertains to children right. of sexual betrayal. Right. right. And a lot of people have sexual betrayal in their stories and they don't, um, because of their parents. Um, and yeah. it's maybe they like walked in on a parent or they found something on a computer when they were mm. young and it's something they've shoved un- under the rug and have never addressed. Yeah. Like that is create that has created trauma in your life. Yeah. yeah. And mm. it is something that, you know, I would highly recommend that you address that you bring right. up to a counselor that, that you pay attention to because, um, it's not normalized in our culture that we, that I would be hurt because of my parents' choices mm. in that yeah. way. Jeez. Wow. And wow. for many kids, it's not. And that's stuff that I learned because of the daughter's right. group. And I, because I was listening to 16-year-olds yeah. tell me that, mm. you know, about their stories and yeah. um, and the way their families were operating and how that wasn't being validated. Yeah. It has been a long time dream here at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries to be able to make this announcement. So friends, I'm excited to finally share with you that the Nothing Is Wasted podcast has expanded to YouTube. Here's what that means. Run, don't walk, and search for the Nothing Is Wasted Ministries channel on YouTube to access upcoming podcast interviews as videos. It is going to create such a fun experience for you to see these interviews with the incredible guests we get to talk to as if you were in the room with us. What's even more exciting is that we have been backlogging videos of episodes for quite some time. That means we will be digging up episodes out of the archives and releasing them on YouTube as well. So you're going to want to subscribe and follow our channel to not miss reliving your favorite episodes now with video. We also plan on putting up a lot more content that you have never seen before. So pause this episode right now. Go to YouTube, search for Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, Subscribe and follow before you forget. See you on YouTube. What I love about that daughter's group is, um, I I don't know why your your story keeps bringing up some of these systemic things within, <laughs> within my thought process right now, but I feel like systemically what, what I see a lot of times is we have conversations with people who are going and they're tracing back early childhood trauma, right? but it's not in real time. It's like way back in the past and they're in mm. there. It's like, here's, it's now coming out and I've got to address this. And I've got to figure this yeah. out. What I love about this daughter's group is it is as best as it can. It is trying to help track with them in real time going, Hey, yeah. you've just discovered this yeah. now let even as young as you are and as difficult it is to start putting emotion or words to your emotions. Let's, let's unpack this. Let's talk about this a little bit. Almost so that like when you're, when you're 45, it's not just like surfacing all of a sudden because you suppressed it at age 16 or you suppressed it. You know what I mean? Like that's incredible that that's available. And and the travesty is I think that that's, there's not a whole lot of that, those kind of resources available to kids and teenagers right now. For sure. And that's, that is, you know, 
that was a part of it is it feels like again, the grace of God that even though I was like, I could have dealt with this at 16, like me personally, like I could Mm -hmm. have gotten help then, like these girls are able to get. I still felt like I was like, I feel young in my healing journey. There was a lot of women. There has been women that I've met Mm -hmm. that are in their forties and fifties and they've never addressed the fact that, you know, their dad was a sex addict or that, or that their mom left them and cheated on them regularly or whatever. And so, um, I feel blessed that I even dealt with it in my 20s. But yeah, the, I mean, I wish that I had a group at 16 that I could have gone to. Mm. Mm. Do you recognize, I mean, as you look back on this group specifically, what, what were some of those pivotal moments of just like breakthrough mm-hmm. pertaining to this group? Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a couple. I would say... Um, So initially I had to set up a lot of boundaries. That was kind of step one in my healing journey. And that group kind of helped me do that. Um, I had to set up boundaries with my dad, um, with communication with him. Initially I set up a lot of boundaries and then we've kind of slowly taken them down over the years. Mm. So initially it was like, I don't want to see you and I don't want to talk to you. I need some time and space. Mm. Yeah. Um, And then it was, I will only see you um if my mom's around i don't want to see you by myself Mm. um i asked him not to hug me anymore or to touch Mm. me um Mm. i asked him to stop saying i love you because it felt too hard to hear Mm. um i i asked my mom to stop referring to my dad as daddy because that felt weird and too much like my childhood that mm-hmm. felt now like a lie. Mm. Um, there was a lot of just little minutia things that as I went along and I, and I talked to women in that group and, and, and got permission to, yeah. to set up boundaries about these kinds of things um, that I didn't feel crazy that those things bothered me. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that I was able to set up a lot of those boundaries and and in all of this, I also was in counseling and um, outside of the daughters group. And I haven't really talked about that a lot, but between counseling and the daughters group, I was learning these things, like learning the importance of boundaries and and setting yeah. those up with my mom too. And um, you know, I I had to learn how to stop being a um, surrogate spouse to both of my parents, mm. yeah, and to get out of their marriage, yeah, and um, and that involves boundaries. So, like, if I was around the two of them and they would start fighting, like, I would just leave the room instead of trying to mediate it. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so I set up a lot of a lot of boundaries initially, and those was that a relief for you, or was that was that difficult? I mean, both. Yeah. How, how yeah. so? Both because again, I loved my dad dearly. Like yeah. I've always loved my dad. And so it's so painful. And I talk to girls about it all the time. It is so painful to set up boundaries with people that you love. Yeah. Right. yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to, I yeah. didn't want to, I felt like I was the parent. Mm. Mm. Like I didn't want to do that. And my dad pushed all those boundaries and, and both yeah. of my parents and ways made me feel bad about setting those boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Made yeah. me feel guilty about it. Like I didn't want to spend time with them or that I didn't love them because I wouldn't say I love you or that I, I didn't want to hug mm. him. And, 
And that was the opposite of it. Like I loved him so much. I had to set up those boundaries. Yeah. I think that oftentimes we can kind of think that those are mutually exclusive concepts, Mm -hmm. boundaries and love, you know, that we're setting up boundaries to draw a line in our love, you know, and it's like, no, that's, that's not the case. Those aren't mutually exclusive. They can coexist. Yeah. Taylor, one of the, and Davey sort of alluded to this earlier, so I think this is where he was going. But I, as you talk through your story, and I'm just thinking of like six year old Taylor and 16 year old Taylor and 26 year old, it's a lot of years to process this pain. And I know you said that your initial reaction was anger, mm-hmm. and then you, you've jumped into what you did. I mean, um, this is my very four on the Enneagram. I would really like to know what you felt. Like, what <laughs> was obviously a sense of betrayal, but were you, and obviously anger, but were you heartbroken? Were you ashamed of your dad? Were you like, what were the, what were the real, like little girl wounds that Taylor Carlier carried that the Lord has, has ministered to now? Yeah. It's hard for me to talk about my feelings. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know it is Taylor. Because I also, I, for a long time, I couldn't really identify my feelings. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's all retroactive identification now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, yeah, some of those underlying feelings was like, I was deeply sad that like, I lost this relationship with my dad. Like that, yeah. that was, that, that was the shrap a part of the shrapnel of like the explosion that he caused like yeah like I didn't want to lose that relationship like he he did that to me he did that to my mom he did that to our family like Mm. and so I was deeply sad about that and and I didn't know what that meant for their future like at the time I thought they were getting a divorce so like I also I was going into survival mode and immediately was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to take care of my mom. I'm going to have to like, she's going to have to move in with me. Like, like I'm going to have to, you know, I I didn't know what I was going to have to do, but that, um, so I, and I would say, I guess the feeling is betrayal, like you said, Mm -hmm. but I would say that the thing that it hurt the most was my trust. Mm. Mm. And that's the thing that's been the hardest to repair to this day is my trust yeah. and probably my vulnerability. Um, and which kind of, for me, goes hand in hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taylor, I, I would love to hear, thank you, by the way, for your vulnerability and sharing this mm. with us and with our listeners. Really appreciate that. Cause I know vulnerability is not necessarily <laughs> your go-to. My so least thank favorite. You. <laughs> Taylor um, loves other people to be vulnerable. <laughs> I do. Yeah. She does. That's yeah. true. She she's always, that. she's always I'm, encouraging I'm, I'm that. Learn, yep. It's because I want to learn from their there vulnerability. There you go. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, I, let's hear some more pivotal healing moments. Like, let's talk about now what the Lord began to do in you and through you. Mm-hmm. I would say one of the other really, I mean, there were so many. Um, it's hard to even explain them all, but one of the really major ones for me actually happened in the summer of 2019. So that, that means I was about two years into the healing process at this time. And I was helping Kristen lead a daughter's retreat and we did them in the summer. I think we had probably about like eight girls there. And we had this time that Kristen had planned an exercise to basically just like go off on your own and spend time with God and like ask him like what he wants to tell you kind of thing. Mm. And I had prepared, I don't know why I did this. Maybe my counselor told me to do this or God, or I don't know who told me to do this. I had brought with me to this retreat photos of my dad when he was younger. Mm. 
Wow. And so I brought like a photo of him. The the youngest I could get because we didn't have any of his like baby photos was like when he first became a dad, like when he was like, when I was like a baby. And I just brought a couple of photos of that and of me growing up with him. And I just prayed over them at this retreat. Mm. And God, I mean, again, Holy Spirit, took me on a journey that like I couldn't have orchestrated myself and helped mm. me broke my anger that day towards mm. my dad wow, through, through empathy. Wow. And so basically he wow. taught me, I started praying over them and I, I wrote a letter to my dad's younger self. Wow. And I just mm. wrote a letter to him and said, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry that you were hurt in your childhood. Like you yeah. were, I'm so sorry mm. that like, you married into this family as an essential baby yourself. And I'm so sorry for like the hurt that you took on and that you went through all those years um, the way you did with the trauma you were carrying. And, and that that's how you experience this life. Like I, I just walked in his shoes for like, I mean, I was just bawling. (laughs) I was just like tears streaming down my face. Like I Mm. was like, I, I don't know how he even made it. I don't even know how he became half of the person that he came today if it wasn't mm-hmm. for God because because of what my dad has gone through, let alone then the choices he's made because yeah. of those things. And I just, um, it was a huge empathy moment for me to realize that, you know, my dad's a human and that we're all, for because of our pain, we're all one decision away from some really terrible choices. Right. And I right. know yeah. that God's even teaching me that more and more this year and the prevalence of addiction in my family, like I mentioned, like mm. I watch myself, I watch my addictive patterns and my addictive habits that I have. And I am like, I am no better than my dad. Like I'm mm. no worse than my dad. I'm, you know, like we are mm. all sinful. We're all so close to going down a path of destruction right. to cope yeah. with our pain. Right. Like my dad did. Yeah. And so that was a huge moment for me. And that was the day I stopped being angry with my dad. Wow. 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 That's what, what's so amazing about that is, you know, these, these times, these moments that culminate from out of this, like what seems to be conflict or what seems to be this, you know, obviously betrayal and, you know, it, it seemed to be, it is, but it gets, it's, you know, you've just expressed how it can get flipped on its head and it can, it can turn into and morph into compassion Mm-hmm. and empathy and yeah. it's almost like that that is almost the that that's what is re, not, I don't want to say required but it like it's, it's almost like compassion is the, the the thing that needs to flow before forgiveness and healing mm. really can mm. you know it's a part of the anecdote really yeah. like it's it's the anecdote to to anger and to pain and to it's like gratitude. Like it, it, it creates, it changes something in me that can then change how I act. Yeah. It's a softening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So incredible Taylor that, yeah, that was obviously a huge moment. And from that day on, like, you know, there was more boundaries I was able to take down with my dad. Um, Mm. and, the entire time that I'm finding my own healing, my parents are also finding theirs and they're going to their own counseling, their own groups. My dad's getting serious help. There was 
so many, I can't, I can't sugarcoat it. There was years even during this time that I didn't feel like he was a different person. I thought he was faking everything. Mm. Um, so it was hard to, you know, sometimes my mom would say he was doing amazing and I was like, I don't see it. Mm. And so it's hard to trust that. And, but I, I just had to focus on my own healing. And that's yeah. what I tell daughters all the time. Like it doesn't matter what your parents are doing or not doing, or if your dad mm. is getting help. Um, or has gotten help, like you have to find your own healing for yourself. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Even though their pain has brought this upon you, like yep. you have to get your help for your that's pain. So, that's so good. That's so true. And so God was working on him while he was also working on me. And um, fast forward, we um, we just started to slowly, you know, be able to hang out more and I just like tiptoed like, you know, one little thing after a thing like, okay, I can now be around my dad and just be just the two of us. And like we can go mm. meet up and like have dinner together or yeah. whatever. And and we started to be able to do that and just break wow. down those walls um, one meeting by one meeting. And he um, he was working his steps and he apologized for a lot of things. We had a lot of like serious conversations and my parents reconciled um, and mm. they did a lot of work. Uh, my parents and I went to counseling together. Wow. We did like it's some amazing. family counseling, which is pretty crazy <laughs> for wow. a family that never really done counseling before. Yeah. Um, and a yeah. lot of parents won't go to counseling with you. So <laughs> I count that as a blessing. Um, but he's the better version of himself that he's, that he's ever been. Like, I don't know who he is. Like we're so wow. similar, but now he's like, he talks about God in ways that I've never heard him talk about God. And he like wow. listens to me and he, he's present and he's not angry. And mm. he's like the dad that I never knew I could have, mm. but the mm. same dad I always had. Wow. Oh, Taylor. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I was, I was about to ask, you know, like a father wound is, I mean, it's, it's, we've talked about this before. It can be one of the, if not the deepest wound there is. Right. And, and, and that's a, a strategy employed by the enemy to get us to, for it to uh, really color the way that we look at our, our heavenly father. Yeah. How has this whole experience, um, a lens over how you look at the heavenly father, both in the good and the bad. You know, I don't, it's never been that much of a struggle for me. Really? The specifically viewing God as my father in that way. I've, I've just always like, I've always been able, able to separate the two because yeah. I had no illusion that my dad was ever perfect. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good point. And so I've definitely been able to separate those two things, but I think that, you know, um, seeing my dad being restored the way he has is actually what's, what's hit me even more. It's, mm. it's that like, that the father could do that for yeah, my father, cool. that he could mm. restore in that way. And like, and mm. I, I mean, I literally, I just got dinner with him like a week or two ago and I just, just the two of us. And I looked at him, I said, do other people know who you are anymore? Mm. Like wow. it, and he's like, well, he's like, I don't, he's like only you and your mom and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but like, there's no way you're walking around this world the same. Like yeah. I can, I can feel it. Yeah. And I'm the yeah. most scrutinizing out of all the people right. in your life. Like right. even the days that my mom thought that he was doing well, I did not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that I can now be like, I, 
my dad's not perfect and he's going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes. Like I don't want my dad to be perfect. I just want him to be whole and well and on the journey to wholeness and healing and same for myself. Like that's all I want for me and for my mom and for my family as a whole. Like that's, that's really what I want and that's what I pray for. And so, um, Mm. And Aubrey mentioned to me earlier that she wanted me to tell this little tidbit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask if you would t- if if you're comfortable sharing this with a, it's a story I know with our listeners because I think it's a beautiful picture of what God has done and is doing in your mm. relationship with your parents. Yeah. yeah. So my parents um, married. Uh, I guess this was yeah. This year was their thirtieth wedding anniversary. Mm. And I never really celebrated their anniversary before. I mean, just as a kid in general, you don't, right? Right, right. Um, and then during those hard, hard years, I definitely didn't want to celebrate it. Right. I wanted to ignore it and maybe just like not have that happen again, like them get a divorce <laughs> instead. Yeah. Um, and so that was holidays are always hard in any pain. Um, but it's weird to like not like the anniversary of your parents' wedding. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, right. And, but this year on their 30th anniversary, I felt that I needed to like symbolize and like give them something like more concrete to show their healing. And in some ways, even our family's healing, Mm. um, Mm. because me and my parents have always been so close. And so I had, my parents didn't have good wedding photos. They got married. It was my mom's second marriage and it was it was just way more casual. And I think yeah. like her friend's son took these photos on like a, a, a disposable camera or something. <laughs> like, like they were like, they're pretty terrible. Most of them are like poorly lit. You can't see anything in the photo. <laughs> wow. And so um, I found the best one that I could, but my parents don't have their wedding photos around the house because of that. Like right. we never right. have like just because they're, they're not you can't beautiful. display them yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so i took one of those photos the best one that i could find and it was one of their hands with their unity candle mm. that they still have next to their bed and i had it commissioned um for a painting and a painting commissioned and um in this photo is um, pink roses and their unity candle and their hands with their wedding rings on it. And my parents' hands are both just really recognizable and all the way to the point where my dad's pinky was broken in football. Mm. And so it's bent. So it's like, mm. and the the guy that, um, the woman that did this painting even got like his bent pinky in wow. it. Mm. And my mom's cool. long nails. And it's all just really like, you know, it's their hands. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that unity candle representing their marriage, it's always sat by their bed. And then those pink roses behind um, what they didn't know at the time is that my dad would call me his pink rose. Mm. And so like I was, it was like I was there in that wow. photo. And, wow. um, and I put um, the verse from their, the candle in there and um, gave that to them for their 30th wedding anniversary just wow. as a symbol of how far that God has brought us in our family. Wow. So powerful, Taylor. So powerful. I mean, I love just even like the, of course, the imagery of the pink rose and you being present metaphorically in that picture, but also, I mean, your, your involvement in a lot of ways in their story right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have been intricately involved in their story in a lot of different, um, a lot of different ways, but I, I see, I can see even your dad's like broken pinky and I can see it juxtaposed with the, 
you know, a, a, a wedding band, a wedding mm-hmm. ring, which is supposed to be this like perfect, flawless, endless symbol here that is on a hand that is completely, you know, tarnished and broken. And, mm-hmm. and it like gives an image of who we are as, and, mm-hmm. and like what God does right. in, and you know, what God can do in marriage, what God does with healing and restoration with his interaction and intervention into our lives. Yeah. And I mean, it's redemption. Right. And, and, yeah. and they coexist. They're there together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like this beautiful wedding ring makes this hand perfect and flawless. It's like, no, the broken pieces of our lives are being fastened together and held together in this unity uh, of the spirit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, there, there were so many things too that I feel like I haven't, I mean, we could talk for hours. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's so many things I feel like I haven't covered with it, but those were some of the core things for sure. And Um, but I would say that like God taught me so much during these healing years, like from 2017 till now. And like, he was so present with me and he still has been so present with me, just constantly guiding me on, um, this journey and like weaving my pain with my purpose. And, um, and I, I think one of the things, one of the many things that he gave me was, um, every year he would give me a verse for the year. Mm. It's kind of something that like I, I do beginning of the year. It's a verse and a word for the year. Mm -hmm. And, um, some of, I mean, even just looking back on my verses for the years during these healing years, I kind of wrote them down. Um, and I can like, I can see the journey that God has been taking me on these past now almost five years. Um, the first year he just told me to abide Mm -hmm. in him Mm -hmm. in 2017. And, um, specifically the John 15 uh, remain in me as I also remain in you. Yeah. And so he wow. just was present with me that year that yeah. I found out about things. Wow. And then in 2018, um, he gave me Shalom. So mm. from that class, mm. Aubrey, that we learned Shalom, yeah. um, that's when I was first introduced to it. And mm. he gave me um, the verse in John 14 about, I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you, peace. Mm. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned, bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. Mm. And then in 2019, the year of the empathy story, mm. um, he gave me courageous obedience. Um, and mm. he told me to be strong and courageous, um, like in Joshua yeah. and, mm. and just keep going on this healing journey, essentially wow. that like he had something on the other side of this for me and for my family. Wow. And then, um, last year it was the gift of uh, passion and gratitude. And I just really spent a year thanking God for like what he did for wow. us. Mm. Um, and then this year is creativity is the word. Mm. And I feel like now God's bringing me into a season where I'm being released. Um, and I'm able to take this pain, um, and with God partnering with God, fashion it into something else. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. That's exactly what I was going to ask you, you know, cause I'm observing that as well. It's like, you're, you're, you have several things in your life that seem like they're coming into transition, you know, grad school is finishing up and it's like kind of this, this shift that it, it, I can sense in you. And I'm, I'm sure you can sense it in yourself where now you're going to, it's going to be leveraged. All this stuff is going to be leveraged for, yeah. um, you know, to, to for, you, for your next season of purpose. Um, and I don't mean to be cliche with that, but it is, you know, it's like, but I wonder if you have any insight into that, like a, a foresight into it saying, this is what I want to do with this. Like, mm-hmm. this is how I want to, 
uh, turn this around or partner with God in that? I don't. (laughs) 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 I mean, I... Again, I just, I take everything step by step, moment by moment, like the next right thing. Like that's how God has always led me. And, and so, you know, I said yes to this podcast a couple of years ago. I said yes to leading those daughters groups. And then I felt this year that I was, it was my time to to stop doing those. Mm And, um, I said yes to grad school and now that's finishing Mm -hmm. up this year. Like I, I've said yes to these different things along the way, like as God has opened those doors and I just will continue to do that. And I, I don't know what that will look like, um, going forward, but I know that God has always, um, been there with me and Holy Spirit's always led me to that next thing. And, and I feel, I've always just felt like God, um, has weaved my gifts with my ministry and that's Mm -hmm. what I want to continue to do. And so I think that can take, on so many different forms, right. um, right. with my background in communications and, yeah. and, um, in my different careers and serving opportunities, um, that I've said yes to over the years, but now I'm kind of at the edge of a new cliff <laughs> and I don't, I don't know fully what's next, but I do, mm. um, I mean, I will just keep saying yes to what God has for yeah. me. It's awesome. It's awesome. Taylor. Man. Taylor, this has been a very, very special time mm-hmm. to be able to sit here and, and one for me to hear your entire story <laughs> start to finish yeah, and not yeah. just the pieces and some of it, you know, some of it, I haven't heard the entire thing you because have, I've journeyed with you in it, right, a lot of it, right. you know, and so I'm getting some of these real time updates and a lot of Aubrey, you didn't know everything, right? Or did you? No, I didn't know okay. everything. So it has been, I mean, it's been awesome to sit here and hear from you. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that that is something that you know, for all of us, it's very difficult to be vulnerable and to put those broken pieces of our life out on the table. But I, I really do truly believe that the more that you're doing that, the more you're going to step into that prophecy that was spoken over you at a young age and that you're Absolutely. a healer. You're a healer. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. You speak words of life and you speak words of healing over people. And, um, you know, I just feel privileged to be able to have a front seat to it. And I'm excited to see what God does. As Thanks. you continue to step into your, you know, the fullness of, of who he's called you yeah. to be. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. I'm excited too. Thank you so much, both of you, for being willing to do this with me and for inviting me to do it, Davey. Um, and for the Nothing Is Wasted audience for showing up and listening to this and listening to all of our episodes because I'm just really grateful that this community, um, that all of you are part of my um, healing as well. Mm. Well, Taylor is actually listening to us right now as we (laughs) record this for our listeners. But I just have to say, well done, Taylor. You are so brave. That was such a powerful episode. Here's the incredible thing about Taylor. She cares about you deeply, listeners. And so if you're a daughter who has been in a situation of sexual betrayal from a family member, if you are... um, just hurting because of something that was brought up by Taylor's story. Uh, she wants to minister to you right. and connect with you. And so you can find her on Instagram at Taylor Carlier. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R-C-A-R-L-I-E-R. Or you can just shoot her an email, taylor at niwministries.com. Yeah, yeah. There's so many different things that were brought up in this you know, conversation. But one of the things, Aubrey, that I've been really leaning into and reflecting on is this idea of uh, generational sin cycles, um, mm. generational curses, as sometimes scripture calls it. I yep. don't, I yep. don't know if it's because I'm a parent of 
an eight-year-old and a seven-year-old along with a two-year-old. But when they get to this age of eight and seven, you start to see some things about your kids that really frustrate you. And then you realize that they're just walking mirrors. I was literally about to say that. And then you realize you're looking in a mirror. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like they're dealing with the same thing that I've dealt with. And it breaks my heart Mm. because I'm like, Mm. I want to spare them from this. But it also illuminates some things to me where it's like, man, I... This is the thing about generational curses, generational sin cycles. It almost seems unfair mm. because you are uh, unpack that you are inheriting something. Gotcha. That right, like that you didn't ask for. You didn't ask for, and yeah. yet, and you maybe didn't even bring on yourself. Right, and yet yeah. you're caught up in the fallout of it, mm. and you're beginning to see that creep into you, and you're beginning to express those things as well. That's, mm-hmm. that's the definition, essentially. I mean, that's what's going on with just generational mm-hmm. curses. And so it'd be nice if everybody could start out with a clean slate and go, okay, I get to kind of decide right. my, my right. path, my route for myself, but that's not the case, you know? And I think that that just uh, further illuminates the craftiness of the enemy, um, right. kind of the, the depth of depravity that we live in, and, yeah. um, and then also just the, the need for a savior, well, that's what I'm just thinking. If it illuminates those things, like the like the depth of sin, the yeah. fact that it can reach through to generations, it also illuminates the power right. of salvation and God's victory over sin, right? right? Because the fact that God can not just remove, not just uh, remove, forgive, bring, uh, you know, redemption to our our personal situations of sin, but also God can overcome generational right. sin, generational curses shows you how powerful God is, how powerful the cross and the yes. resurrection are. Yes. And sometimes I think we we make those things too small, but wow, right. how big the gospel is right. that it it even the good news reaches even into generational yeah. curses. It's really, really powerful. The, 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 and I don't know how to term this, but all I can think of is like the, the, the bondage breaking generation, like the, the one mm. within the line, the, the line of generations that are dealing with this, that one generation that breaks that curse, they're the one that's going to yeah. have the, the most difficult time, right? They're going to have to really override a lot. They're, they're going to have to lean into the power of God. It's going to be a lot yeah. of, you know, confrontational type situations. And I don't mean confrontational mm-hmm. in a bad way. I just mean like, you're going to be forced to confront this, right? You're yeah. going to be in this like Jacob wrestling with God type moment over and over, totally. because this is what happens yeah. in that story, right? You've got Jacob, mm-hmm. the deceiver, who is the epitome of this generational curse, this lying, this yes. deception, this, yep. you know, yep. and then Jacob's wrestling with God, like, give me the thing that I've been deceiving for my entire life. And God's like, okay, but I'm going to break you in this. Right. And that's the, but that then out of that flows this healing that brings forward a whole new lineage and a whole new trajectory for that family line. Right. And, and that's what I want to encourage you with. That's a really big way of saying that you might be in that generation right now and you might be going, why Mm. is this so difficult? Why am I at war Mm. all the time? Why am I wrestling all the time? Why is this take heart and take hope that that's common for the gen, the the generation that's breaking the cycle. And you're doing this on behalf of your kids and their kids and their kids, and they're not going to have to suffer and deal with it to the same extent that you are, you know? And I just think about that, like, you know, as, as Christy kind of was talking to me about like some generational sin in her life. And she's like, mm-hmm. I've been at war for my whole life, but I'm doing it for the sake of Natalia. 
doing Amen. it for the sake of, you know what I mean? Our kids. Yeah. And so that's noble. And, and I, I hear yeah. the same thing in Taylor. As, I hear the same thing in Taylor too. And the the fruit of it is already so powerful. Can I, Taylor, I hope it's okay. She's listening right now. So I hope <laughs> it's okay if I share this story. But I think one of the most powerful things about this, there were some very specific boundaries that Taylor set. One mm. was, she, you know, she wouldn't be alone in a car with her dad. She said all of this on air. Like there were some other boundaries that she had with him so that she could ultimately build back her relationship with right. him after kind of taking her own agency. And Recently, this was all on social media, so I'm not sharing anything that Taylor didn't share, but Taylor and her dad went alone mm. to a football game. Yeah. And I, you know, there's so many miracles in that. The yeah. fact that they were alone, the fact that it was a, an event that in the past may have been really triggering mm. if the, you know, various circumstances being what they were, but the fact that they had this lovely time together, it's just yeah. that, I think it's that small, small um, gift of that curse breaking that God That's is great. already showing his faithfulness in these kind of little moments that seem like they're nothing, but they're actually a massive, massive miracle. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that Taylor's story is still going yep. uh, because yep. of her faithfulness to do what was right in her family. Right. right. Yeah. And uh, again, you can follow that story uh, at Taylor Carlier um, and you know, email her if you want to be a part of that story in any way. Um, she would love to be a part of your story. Uh, as well. Uh, we would love to be a part of your story. We would love to help you partner with God to take back your story. And there's so many different resources that we have available at nothingiswasted.com. You can go and check those out, find out some more. You'll, you'll go down a rabbit trail of all kinds of resources that we have. We've got um, specifically the pain to purpose course. You can go through that as an individual by yourself, kind of consume it like a home study and kind of walk through all of the, the different material, the different waypoints on that. Or you can Go through it at your local church if your local church is offering that. If your local church is not offering that, we would love to partner with you to bring that to your local church. And so you can definitely reach out to us. But we have churches all over the country that are essentially licensing the course so that their congregations so awesome. can go through this um, at a very affordable rate. So if you're a pastor listening to this, we would love to partner with you and your church, your congregation to do this. We're seeing so many people healed through the pain to purpose pathway. It's amazing. You can also hire a certified guide that we have there. They can walk you through that one-on-one. -on -one. You can join our community platform where you're interacting with a bunch of other people who are walking through the same thing that you're walking through. And uh, man, they're just there to say, hey, me too. Now let's move through. All that you can find at nothingiswasted.com. You can also find at nothingiswasted.com the way to subscribe to our email list. This is a brand new email list, by the way. Mm -hmm. We share our new podcast releases, giveaways that we're doing, blog posts, all kinds of ministry updates. It's a way to not just keep up to date on all things Nothing Is Wasted, but also just to be encouraged in your inbox yep. every time we send out an email. So you want to subscribe to that. We also want to thank Sleeping At Last for providing all of the music for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Yeah. You can find his music wherever it is you listen to your music. And we would love to invite you to follow us on Instagram at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, at Davey Blackburn, at Obsamp. And again, we want to give a shout out to Taylor at Taylor Carlier. It's awesome. Next week, we are joined by a man of Ooh, wisdom. Powerhouse. Uh, yeah, powerhouse. Yeah. Pastor Scott Sauls will be with us. Mm -hmm. And you are not going to want to miss that. Let's go ahead and take a listen to part of Davey's conversation with Scott Sauls. I am a, a trauma and abuse survivor from some things that happened to me uh, in my childhood. 
Mm. But it all started in childhood, and I, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, a handful of, of uh, heartbreaks, probably the most significant one, happened when I was in my early 20s, uh, a couple of years out of college. Like you, Davey, I, I lost uh, a spouse, um, mm. um, but it was, it was a different set of circumstances. Four months into the marriage, she had announced that uh, she was in relationship with with another woman, and wow. um, and so that, you know, sort of rocked my world. 